be it resolved. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to Be It Resolved, your weekly debate podcast. We choose high interest topics, sometimes serious ones, sometimes humorous, and go with them with zeal from opposing sides. You'll be informed, you'll be entertained, hopefully you'll get a few laughs out of it. Today's topic, be it resolved, that universal guaranteed minimum income should be implemented. My name is Al Brown, and joining me for this debate, I will, oh, by the way, I will be the moderator of this debate, and joining me for this debate is Mario Kariakides and Andrew Wood. Andrew Oates, and Sarab Santu. And again, welcome to all our viewers. Before we begin, a few words about our debate format. Each debater is given three minutes to present a constructive argument, after which we join with in for a seven minute open round robin in which questions are asked and the debaters respond. Then the debate concludes with a one-minute summation by each of the participants with rebuttals, after which I offer my comments and declare a winner. A reminder to the viewers, a reminder to all that the views expressed here are, uh, are not necessarily uh, our, our own views, but are expressed for the purposes of making a, an interesting debate and for the purpose of winning <clears throat> and do not necessarily represent our personal opinions. The, revolution, resol, revolu, the resolution again, be it resolved that universal guaranteed minimum income should be implemented. Arguing for this position will be uh, Andrew Oates speaking first, followed by Mario Karakides. Arguing against it will be uh, Andrew Wood and Sarab Sandu. So now, um, gentlemen, I can't remember. Oh, I know. Okay, let's carry on. Let's begin the debate. And I call on now the uh, first speaker for the pro side, Andrew Oates. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Moderator. The uh, starting point for this debate in my mind is that we have to understand that the system we live in the western capitalist system is a completely human invention and we can make it work any way we want it to to make it work uh, efficiently and to satisfy as many people as we want it to satisfy there's no moral uh, attachment to any particular policy or another policy we can implement whatever we think will work for society. We have uh, changed our rules in the past many times. Uh, we used to punish people for uh, having the wrong religion uh, by death. We used to cut off people's hands when they, when they uh, had to steal food to eat. We used to shoot uh, people with PTSD because they'd be a bad influence on us. And now we seem to view people who don't have a job as being evil somehow, lazy, good-for-nothing, leeches, sucking the blood out of our economy. 
that's just an attitude that is unwarranted in my in my uh, estimation. We're talking about a system that would simplify the many systems that will have evolved uh, over the years for us now. Welfare systems, uh, unemployment insurance systems, benefit systems for kids at home, parents that are dependent at home. We don't need all that stuff if we just gave people the money that they need uh, to accomplish a certain uh, level of life. Not necessarily a great life, but enough to survive and be treated humanly. We have uh, anticipated that some people think, well, some people will get a free ride. And that might appear to be the case. That is the case right now. People complain about welfare recipients and food stamp recipients and so on as, as uh, getting a free ride off society. We don't know their whole stories. A lot of times the statistics don't bear out people's impressions. With the, the basic question we have to ask ourselves as a society is, do we in a rich economy want to share the wealth amongst all the citizens or do we want to somehow have an elitist group that gets all the benefits and cuts out the rest? Thank you, Mr. Moderator. That's my three minutes just about up. Thank you very much, Andrew Oates. And now speaking for the con side, please uh, join me in welcoming Andrew Wood. Well, thank you, Al, and um, uh, hello to my fellow debaters and uh, our viewers. Well, first of all, I'm going to reject the characterization of our arguments in those general terms. Um, of course, the rules of capitalism uh, need to be changed and, and, and that's the whole process of evolving societies. But we are not going to make any arguments about uh, uh, people leeches sucking the blood of other people or worrying that that is, that is a mischaracterization of, of our point of view. When you change society, you have to change it for the better and you have to make uh, decisions that work. I'm going to make three basic arguments. Well, one of them is that the universal basic income, it takes money from the poor and gives it to everyone. Actually, in many cases, it will increase poverty and deprive the poor of targeted support. Another argument that I'll put forward is that it's just too expensive. It's not going to work if we cannot pay for it. That's the bottom line, surely. And the third argument I'd like to make is that in many cases and to, uh, to, to, to great a degree, it removes the incentive to work. It adversely um, affects the economy and it leads to a labor and skills sh shortage. Now, there are all sorts of programs that the government has for social welfare and um, helping people on the bottom uh, end of society to, um, to, to cope with life. Where do you think the money from the universal basic income is going to come from? It's going to come from many of those programs. And what you're doing is you're redistributing that targeted money among the whole population. So what happens it, it, quite conceivably is that the poor will be less well off in many cases than they actually are. There are a great number of programs already to support people who are having difficulty. Now, look, 
we, we can't pay for it. It's just too expensive. Now, this is an American statistic, but uh, a 2018 study just a couple of years ago found that $1,000 a month stipend to every adult in the US would cost them about nearly $4 trillion a year, 21% of the gross domestic product. And there's all sorts of other trials that have been happening. The, the UBI trial in Finland uh, happened in the last couple of years and it increased the government deficit by 5% of their gross domestic product. It's just, uh, it's insupportable in the, in the long run. And if you're going to run the economy into the ground with a universal basic income, how does that help society? Now, the other thing of course is, it's going to remove the incentive for a great many people to work. Thank Why you very work? much, Andrew. Your time is up. And now for the, uh, second speaker for the pro side, please join me in welcoming me, welcoming him, welcoming Mario Karaskidis. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost there. Thank you so much, uh, Al Brain. <laughs> uh, let, let me let me begin by basically saying that uh, my uh, teammate and I are arguing for something that is really really important, and that is that. Uh, we allow people an opportunity to have to get out of poverty, to have that social safety net available that is not welfare dependent, that is not a giveaway, that it is actually somehow supported by um, a, an economy that, uh, that can flourish because of the social safety net or the, the minimum wage, the guaranteed minimum wage. Uh, and when we're talking about this, we've got to look at the term minimum, because that is a key word there. Uh, and that means that um, the, it's not, as, as uh, Andrew Oates said, uh, it is not something that can make people comfortable. Uh, it is something that will allow people to survive, but most people will have the, uh, the desire to earn more, to have a better life. So this can coexist with a capitalist uh, society like we have now. It just what happens is you divert a lot of the welfare programs that exist right now, and, and you create a minimum wage. That will also reduce crime. It will reduce uh, the need for policing. Funding will come from the savings that uh, other uh, nets are, are picking up at this moment. Uh, and if we're sitting here crying about a budget and uh, it's gonna break the economy, uh, we got to look at how we allocate funds to begin with all over as a general rule. Uh, I believe in the United States, uh, almost a billion, almost a trillion dollars goes to uh, defense and uh, supporting defense uh, workers and um, making tanks that basically are sitting out in a desert rusting at this point that could be supporting people. So let's look at it from that perspective. Um, the and we're not advocating by any means that uh, something like this can't work. Uh, it does, it can work. It has worked in Cyprus, it has worked in France. Uh, in Ontario, uh, there was a pilot program that started uh, a couple years, uh, about four or five years ago, and um, it was basically giving a $4,000 minimum uh, guaranteed income. Unfortunately, uh, a conservative government came into Ontario and stopped it so that never really gave us any results. Spain is also doing this. 
The idea behind it is this, you can find ways to reinforce and to train people to get back into the workforce. They have a better life, but when somebody can't, for some reason they can't, uh, then it is it is criminal in a way to label them. Thank you very much, Mario. It's time for you to relinquish the uh, podium for the next speaker for the con side. Please join me in, in uh, welcoming Sarab. It's all yours. Thank you, Mr. Moderator and our esteemed opponents and all the listeners. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, what we are saying is the guaranteed income should not be implemented. We shouldn't giving guaranteed income. Now, this is actually saying that we want to go and back to communism. That's what happens there is everybody is guaranteed an income of some kind if they keep on doing a certain amount of job. Now, this all basically amounts to a society which has to work. Now, we are very aware of the Keynesian theory of economics, where you have a worker, we have salaries coming in, you have production, you have factories, and the whole cycle keeps on moving. See, at this present moment, all our job has gone to China, all the production jobs, and that's why there's a mismatch in the Keynesian theory of economics. Now, in this, when we give guaranteed, uh, if we can afford it, that is, if we can afford it, it will work. But then we just saw it was very expensive to do that. So we would like to keep to the communist level and uh, to the, 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 uh, the capitalist model of you do the best you can and you make your own salary. And there should be more jobs available rather than a guaranteed uh, income. There should be jobs available so they can, be, they can keep themselves busy. And going forward, the economy will run when they are actually spending money you need the purchasing power of the, of the people for the economy to run also. So this one ensures that everybody's got money in their pocket. And this is what the welfare system is like. When they, in, the, in the Second World War, they used to have, they wanted to give money, but they didn't know why they're giving the money. They say, dig a hole, we'll give you so much money. Then they'll get another batch of people and say, now cover this hole. So, but they used to do some work, but they used to get nominal payment. And if this is basically what we're trying to do is making the system work, it has to be uh, uh, competitive and it should improve the economy rather than be a strain on the economy. So I would say that we should uh, not have a minimum wage. We should do exactly what the economy demands and make systems in the economy which will give enough jobs to everybody. Back to you. Thank you very much, uh, Sarab. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this ends our constructive uh, speaking session. And now we're going to have an open debate based on some questions uh, on this topic that uh, I will ask for the, uh, uh, the various debaters to speak about. And the first question I have, and this goes to, um, to the pro side, is how do we motivate people to in a situation where they have basic income, a minimum income, how do we motivate them to get out and do more? Well, I can, I, do you wanna take that? Uh, Go ahead, Mario. Okay. Uh, basically the, uh, as we said, the term is minimum, okay? So 
One of the things that uh, you have to take into account is that you're not going to give people money enough to basically sit back and feel relaxed and not need to, to, to contribute uh, to society. Um, but it is somewhere there that they can actually prevent them from falling into a pitfall pit hole that uh, they can't get out of. Um, it will take people off the streets. It will allow uh, a lot of these things to to um, to allow society to to really really uh, uh, get away from that. Uh, we, we can also not uh, you can also add in there the ability for people to add community service to this. So or retrain during that uh, that process. Uh, but most of us have the need to have a better life, to feel happier. Uh, it, it's not going to be something that we can just fall back and say, ah, oh, you know what, I'm being paid and, uh, you know, what the hell, uh, let me just uh, relax and milk the, uh, the system. It doesn't work like that because most of us have some sort of a desire to become better uh, than what we are. The, uh, the well, uh, opposing side also seems to think that we're going to do away with income tax or something like that. Of course not. Of course you're going to get taxed on all of your, your income. But guess what? You don't get any tax deduction unless you have income. Yeah. So we're advocating that people bit. have the minimum. I would like to um, interject here with another question. And it goes to uh, many of the, the ways that are, for example, in Canada, where the tax system is set up, in that uh, there are certain benefits that you get if your income falls below a certain level. Um, and it's sort of merit-based, like uh, in what Mario is talking about. So looking at the system that it is now, which is essentially merit-based, you have to earn these uh, credits. You have to be poor, you have to be sick, and, in, and otherwise uh, disabled to receive uh, uh, social benefits. Now, how would Mario, or actually to the con side, how would the system that Mario and uh, Andrew Oates are promoting be different from what we have already. Well, Can you see a difference. This is this is uh, this is part of our point here. Uh, we have the income supports. We have the programs in place, and people who need the income supports are already getting those income supports. The point is, of course, that with a universal guaranteed income, then there are going to be untold numbers of people who are going to get the money who simply don't need it and shouldn't be receiving it. And so, so, so it actually uh, could very well work to make people worse off than uh, than they were originally. And I can go. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I I just wanted to say a word to your previous question because we didn't get a chance to address it at all. Um, we heard the people on the uh, pro side admitting that there is and there will be, there must be a core group of people who are simply going to. Um, withdraw themselves from the workforce. I mean, it's inevitable that you're going to do that when uh, they don't have to work. Well, we, All we those uh, income supports you're talking about, Al, they come, they come if you file an income tax return. If you have no income, you don't get anything from that. And right. the same problem applies to minimum wages. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the minimum, minimum wage is if you don't have a job. So all those things are, are uh, in place, but they're not good enough is what we're saying. There's a simpler way to do it, to satisfy right. everybody. If you don't need the income, it's gonna get taxed back when you file your an annual return. Yeah, that, I have another scenario to throw at you, gentlemen. 
Uh, I was reading, I was listening to an article in about the U.S. where the, they're apparently they're really opening up now that the pandemic is passing, and there's all sorts of jobs all over the place, but they're going unfilled. And the reason they seem uh, that people are speculating is that they still have money that they were given by the U.S. federal government to spend, and they don't need to work. There you How are. do you get these people back into the economy if they don't need to work? The word well, you're is talking about a speculation of why they're not working. I'd like to see some facts about why they're not working. Oh, that, that, that's, that's pretty well it. That's pretty are, well it. Are they supposed so. to move to California to, to take a new job for slightly above minimum wage? I would like to. The uh, majority of here. jobs that are becoming available, the majority of jobs that are becoming available that are available are minimum wage at seven, uh, whatever, 7.25 an hour in the United States. Uh, they're all basically menial labor that doesn't provide even a living wage for most people. Um, and the speculation that somehow this, this stipend that they got, the stimulus package, did it? I don't think so. There's a lot of other concerns. There's yeah. a safety environment, COVID exposure, uh, you know, people that have elderly that are afraid to go back to work because they may expose uh, people to COVID. Uh, uh, so come on, it, 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 that is such a generalized term. Well, and you're talking about generalized arguments, Mr. Karakides. Well, in the U.S., the minimum wage is done state by state. So we reject this 725. Federal is 725. There may be one, you know, some states where it's that low, but, but usually in most states, it's quite a bit higher than that. And just because we're against the guaranteed minimum income doesn't mean that we're not for and emphatically for an increased uh, minimum wage. I think $15 an hour currently. Where are you gonna pay for that, Andrew? Where well, are you gonna pay for that? It comes down it's not a guaranteed minimum income. You, you've got to, you've got to work. Well, you, you can't have it both ways, buddy. You can't have it both ways. It's either one or the other. Or you know what? Either you're going to support helping people to get more money to be in the workforce, or you're going to create uh, a situation where you can actually cushion people when they fall from the workforce. Boost the minimum wage. Allows for that. And by the way, going to your last statement that you said earlier, um, I can go downtown Toronto and right now find many people on the streets there that basically get no benefits whatsoever. So there is a need to, to be able to catch. Yeah, how is that? It takes away crime to a certain degree. It helps people become more productive, especially if you can take those people. No benefits whatsoever. Well, we're going to contest that, Sarab. Gentlemen, gentlemen. I want to say something. Now we're talking about when we have work and we don't have people to fill the work. But what happens in the situation where there is no work available? Everybody is done by robots and artificial intelligence. And the, all the people are can't go there because all these works, uh, the, these uh, uh, positions are gone. So what do you do then? Then you definitely would want something like uh, all the needs are met by the state. It becomes like a, a state. And, and all the wages also are paid by the state to keep them in a, a standard uh, uh, operating mode and nothing fancy but this will happen in the future definitely going to happen but at the present moment we have jobs and we want jobs and people should be taking them and getting what they want and of course as andrew said we want to increase the minimum wage so that it, it improves the situation thank you enough gentlemen it is time for us to go into our conclusion portion of this debate and uh, for the rebuttals, we'll start with the first speaker, 
for the uh, affirmative side, Andrew Oates. Thank you, uh, Mr. Moderator. Uh, the opposing team seems to think that uh, jobs the way they were done a couple of hundred years ago are the, are the ultimate uh, thing to do. We don't all have to be working in the salt mines. People who uh, worked even a few decades ago would laugh at the idea that a, a job as a yoga instructor or as a website designer or as a, an author were real jobs. The economy changes. But in order to pay income tax and get benefits and so on, you need to have a job. In order to get minimum wage, you need to have a job. We're just saying, why do you have to have a job to be a member of our society? We've come beyond that. Jobs change. They wouldn't have been considered jobs before. They can be a daycare worker now. They could be, I mean, taking care of grandparents at home. Who cares what people are doing with their money? Thank you very much, Andrew Oates. And now the first speaker for the con side. Please join me in welcoming Mario, or sorry, Andrew Wood. Yes, thank you, um, Al. Okay, well, uh, uh, now our opponents are uh, attempting to tar us with a certain brush. I mean, working in the salt mines and uh, our ideas are, you know, hundreds of years old. That, that's not the point. The, the basic point here in the bottom line is that it's simply, it's not affordable. It's not affordable. It is going to put us further into debt in a situation where society is already running deficits of billions, if not trillions of dollars. And that is, this is just going to exacerbate the situation. So if you can't afford it, even if it were um, a, a good idea, and certainly it seems to be compassionate and all of that, if you can't pay for it, then you're not going to institute it. And, uh, and, and the next thing is that, well, look, it's going to, re to remove the incentive to work from a great many people. And, and it does not respond to the realities of the uh, job market. Uh, as you- uh, Thank you, Andrew Wood. And now, uh, for the con side, please join me in welcoming Mario. You can't afford it. You, 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 you can't uh, sustain it economically. Uh, the, it can't happen. It won't be done. It's uh, too expensive. It's just not possible. How can we possibly grow a society when we put the blinders on and start claiming, making claims that things can't be done if we don't really spend the time to rethink how we're doing things and find ways to change this world? As Sarah Sanders said, a very, a very important thing, AI is stepping up and is going to be taking away a lot of labor. Do you think that we have to rethink capitalism? the way we're spending money, the way we're earning our money, the way people are working, of course we do. This is a process that we're proposing and we're not trying to tar people. We're trying to show people that there is a different way. It's a different way. Thank you very much, Mario. And now, Sarab, you'll get the word. Thank you very much, Mr. Moderator, and all us, especially the opposition. Especially, uh, I, I refer to the, the actual job, you're saying working in the salt mines is not a job. But let me tell you, there's only one noble profession, which is farming. And everything else 
came out from there. You want to be a teacher, you want to be something else. It's everything coming from there. The farming is the first one. Look at the farmers now. Can you guarantee them a limited uh, money every year if you keep on doing? They are doing their own stuff. They are, they are actually working and they're reaping the rewards. And I must tell you, in the future, what's going to happen is exactly what Atlas Huxley mentioned in his book. All the jobs are taken. People are roaming around doing nothing. The state is giving them a pill. They feel happy and they feel fully nutrition. They're not sick and they are enjoying life. And that's what's going to happen in the future. But it may not happen with money. It'll happen with, with uh, moving down with Thank a... Thank you very much, Sarab. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our debate for today. I hope you found it enjoyable. And now I am going to give my summation of what I felt were the key issues here. And the key issue, I think, for the affirmative side is the need for change. And the key issue for the negative side is the ability to, uh, to support, it, support that change. In this regard, I should point out that the <clears throat> debate resolution is that we should implement this. And I think that in this regard, the affirmative side proved its case. It's not to say that we can't afford it right now, uh, that, we, that we can actually can afford, afford it now, but I believe that economics issues that have been brought up cannot are, are likely, just, just as likely to be uh, overcome as not. However, there are some critical issues on this that, that uh, in my mind make me question whether or not we will have a minimum income anytime soon. And the most issue one, which I believe the affirmative side didn't clearly address was motivation of the workers. Uh, for our economy to survive, we do need almost full employment, which typically, whether you may not know this, only means that about 35 to 40% of the people in society are actually working. The rest of us are living in old age homes, uh, being dependent on our parents, homemakers, disabled people that are on pensions and stuff like this. If we cannot maintain that level of employment and keep people busy, and maybe if we can't even do better than that, get everybody into the workforce, our economy is not sustainable, whatever choice we make. So ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for joining us for our debate today. And I'd like to now speak to you about a debate, a very, very serious topic for our next debate. This is so serious, ladies and gentlemen, you must, uh, you must tune in and listen to our debate. Be it resolved, dihydrogen monoxide is a dangerous chemical that should be banned. Have you thought of that yet, folks? Dihydrogen monoxide is a dangerous chemical that should be banned. Please join me on our debate next week and you will find all about this noxious substance. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, Mario. Thank you very much, Andrew Wood, Andrew Oates, and Sarab for being with the debate with me. So long, everybody. Have a nice day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening and please subscribe so you do not miss another episode. Thank you.